And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Hi, this is Tom Laurie, your host for today. I'm coming to you from our studios in the San Francisco Bay Area. This is the show for you if you're seeking hard-won knowledge and wisdom about life, career, and family. Today we have two mentors, John Danner and Chris Keeney. Chris uh, and John have written a book here recently called Built for Growth, How Your Builder Personality Shapes Your Business, Your Team, and Your Ability to Win. Chris, I uh, had an opportunity to work with uh, over, let's see now, 17 years ago, and I want to come back to that uh, because that's really what piqued my interest in the work that he's doing now as well as the book. He is a growth capital investor. He built a very prominent digital marketing firm that he sold in 2011 to the Publicist Group. Uh, The name of the firm that he sold was Rosetta, which he founded. He's a member today of the Princeton Entrepreneurship Faculty, uh, and he's founder of a private equity firm called Rosemark Capital. He is a member of the YPO, the Young President's Organization, CFO Roundtable Association for Corporate Growth, and numerous venture and capital and industry conferences where he has spoken and chaired meetings and has served as a panelist. John, uh, so Chris lives out on the East Coast. John is uh, closer in, although he works uh, a lot on the East Coast with Chris. He's a senior fellow at the University of California's Berkeley Institute for Business Innovation. Uh, He is also an experienced entrepreneur and business advisor, and he serves on the faculty of both the Haas School of Business and at Princeton University. He anchors executive leadership courses globally, speaks on innovation, strategy, entrepreneurship, at corporate events and conferences as well. Welcome, John and Chris. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Tom. So I, I'll let you guys kind of cross over each other. How did you two meet? Chris, all uh, yours. It's actually, yeah, it's a great story, actually. Uh, John and I were introduced by a mutual friend just about this time of the year before I started teaching at Princeton. John, John you'd already been teaching for, what, two or three years before right. I came along at right. Princeton? Exactly. Yeah, so, so a mutual friend uh, introduced us and said, oh, you have to meet one another. And we did, and we immediately hit it off. Uh, and, in fact, we hit it off so well that we uh, ended up hanging out together and formed a course together. And as I was starting to think about perhaps doing some research for a book, I was seeking John's advice. And after a very uh, long and tortuous semester, we were sitting in the faculty club at Princeton, uh, a building called Prospect, And uh, John was giving me all this great advice about how to write a book, because he had just completed one uh, called The Other F Word. And I sat back. You want to complete that thought from our audience? (laughs) The Other other F Word, the subtitle might might clarify it, and that is how smart uh, leaders, teams, and entrepreneurs put failure to work. Okay. (laughs) Yes. And and so, so John was sharing anything but the F of failure with me. It was really all the success he had had in writing uh, his book, and uh, so I sat back from the table and I thought, gosh, you know, maybe I should write this book with John, and so it took me about three or four months to convince you, wasn't, was that about right, John? You played very hard to get, I think. (laughs) That feels about right. We hit it off and and began to to work together in about February of of 2014, and it's been a terrific partnership. We uh, we launched a course at Princeton, which was basically an introduction to entrepreneurship. Uh, Princeton, like uh, many other universities and colleges all over the world, 
uh, are finding themselves literally besieged by students interested, fascinated, curious about this whole phenomenon of entrepreneurship. And Princeton at the time, although it had individual courses, which uh, one of which uh, I, I had started around uh, social entrepreneurship, how entrepreneurs can change the world, there were other uh, courses, a very famous course that, that Chris ended up taking the mantle on, which was high-tech entrepreneurship. But there was no introduction to the whole domain of entrepreneurship. So Chris and I and two of our colleagues uh, created that course together, which is uh, how we, how we uh, knit together not just our friendship, but also our uh, collaboration. And if you were to look at your archetypes, did you guys figure out uh, your own archetypes after you wrote the book and how you complement or it, don't complement one another? It, it, it was before writing the book. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, Chris's description uh, of the uh, of the process of, of getting together kind of indicates, I think, what what both of our types are, and that would be driver. And, and just, we'll talk more about that, uh, I'm sure, as we have our conversation. Yeah, and just because we'll be coming back to this, I think, for the audience, why don't you just very quickly talk about what those four archetypes are? Chris? Yeah, the, uh, I'll be happy to do the first two. And, and John and I do this as a little bit of a soft shoe back and forth. But the driver is fixated by product. Uh, and when we say product, we really mean the fit between the product's attributes and features and, and, and benefits with the market's need. And uh, perhaps one of the most famous drivers is uh, Steve Jobs, who just had an incredible uh, intuitive ability to understand what consumers were looking for, even perhaps before they could articulate it. Very different from the explorer, who's really fascinated by puzzles of commercial significance in our our favorite examples of the Explorer are Bezos and Zuckerberg and perhaps even some less famous ones that we got the chance to interview, a guy named Mark Bonfigli, who started a business in uh, Vermont called Dealer.com. These are people with an engineering and, and uh, systems orientation to solving problems and, and building businesses around them. And the other, the other two members of this quartet would be the Crusader, and the Crusader, if you think about Ben and Jerry's, uh, Crusaders become entrepreneurs often by accident. They're fundamentally inspired by a long-term mission, uh, a sense of how to change the world or cha- redefine the boundaries of a fundamental market. Uh, but they are in it for the long game, if you will. Um, and finally, rounding it out, is the captain. And the captain manages and is, and is really inspired by the potential of the team that he or she organizes around, uh, around himself or herself. Uh, they manage more around the we than the me uh, and tend to have a commitment to culture uh, of, of collaboration and mutual respect. If you want an example of each of those, um, ben and Jerry's obviously on the Crusader side, but but uh, Bill Hewitt and Dave Packard, the founders of HP, uh, were were famous for creating something called the HP Way, which exemplifies this commitment to a collaborative culture, not giving up anything in terms of commitment to product excellence and the like, but a real concern about the environment in which value gets created. This is Tom Laurie. We've been talking with John Danner and Chris Keeney about. Built for Growth, How Your Builder Personality Shapes Your Business, Your Team, and Your Ability to Win. We'll be right back after the break to learn more about the test you can take and the book you can read to learn more about your style and more about, as well as more about John and Chris's interesting background. Ah, my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. Hopeinacan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, 
she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. Because you're active in your church, you may have wondered, how can we maintain the quality of our stained glass windows? What is their value? What would repairs cost? You can get a no-cost analysis of your church's stained glass windows at willethauser.com to help you make the best decisions for restoration or new windows. A free inspection and evaluation of your church's windows by the Willethauser Artisans can answer your questions. Over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience. Willethauser.com And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. This is Tom Laurie back again with Chris Keeney and John Danner, both members of the faculty at Princeton University, entrepreneurs, investors, business advisors, and authors of a brand new book called Built for Growth, How the Builder Personality Shapes Your Business, Your Team, and Your Ability to Win. I want to remind you, you can take mentors wherever you go. We are available via podcast on iTunes, whether you have an Android or an iPhone. And you can find us on Facebook at The Mentors Radio Show. And you can call me at 844-610-TALK, 844-610-TALK. Back to you, John and Chris. We were talking about the book and the archetypes, and I want to switch gears just for a second to learn more about you. Uh, John, tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial background. We talked briefly about Chris's with his uh, building of Rosetta, which was a successful exit. Uh, exit meaning that it was sold to somebody and Chris got a lot of money. Uh, John, what's your entrepreneurial background? So, so my entrepreneurship started actually when I was an undergraduate in college um, at Harvard. My freshman year, I got involved with a couple of friends and um, we created a business that did uh, three basic things. We were sitting on this Boston array of, of, of talent from Harvard and all the colleges around there, MIT, et cetera. And we figured that the world might need an op- opportunity to find student talent to do foreign language translating. This is well before Google Translate, of course. Uh, library research, because we also had access to some of the best libraries in the world. Uh, and market research. Uh, so we launched a little business called Information Gathering Service. Uh, and lo and behold, it became fairly successful. Uh, I spent more time, unfortunately, doing work as an entrepreneur than I did in the classroom during my undergraduate years, but ended up working for our then largest client, uh, Arthur D. Little, which was a major consulting firm at the time. Um, so that kind of got the, planted the bug in me for entrepreneurship. Uh, it it uh, languished for a little while, and then um, I, was, I was practicing law for a while, and a good friend uh, came down one weekend and said, you know what, every industry but the healthcare field has an industry newspaper. Why don't we do something for the healthcare industry? So he and I launched a business called Health Week, and then a follow-on publication called Managed Care, uh, which became, for its time, uh, the best read publications among health executives and health business folks uh, around the country. Um, we sold it back to our publisher, um, and I took it. Chris was able to cash out with actual cash. In my case, I cashed out with time. So uh, I took a year off <laughs> as, as the result of, uh, of our success with the paper. Uh, and now, I've, since then, I've been spending most of my time helping other companies launch businesses and obviously teaching in the classroom. So. We have dozens and dozens of alumni that have come through my classes at either Berkeley or at Princeton that have launched businesses, and I, I now spend more of my time vicariously advising them than running businesses myself. And I know we're going to talk about the various styles, but what if there, other than styles, uh, all that work with entrepreneurs and your own experience, what's the one key lesson that you've learned on your journey that you could share with the audience? I think it's a combination, actually, uh, of tenacity and humility, uh, and I think you need both. I, I think the tenacity 
comes from a sense of confidence and curiosity about what one is trying to do. Because um, while every entrepreneur is an innovator, very few innovators are entrepreneurs. So you want people who have a sense that they can do something that nobody's done before. But on the other hand, uh, the, the realities of launching a business and sustaining it over time uh, I think demand something beyond self-confidence. I think there's a dimension of wisdom that comes from acknowledging one's fallibility, acknowledging the possibility that my assumptions may not be quite as solid as I think they are, uh, and therefore a willingness to listen and collaborate with people from other backgrounds and other viewpoints. And with all of that, uh, and you think about life overall, how do you design, how do you define success? <laughs> For me, success is about, it's about, Fulfillment on the one hand, fulfillment of one's own uh, interests and the best use of one's time and talent. Uh, But self-fulfillment is not the end of the game, I think. Uh, In my view, it has to have some benefit or value for the outside world. So it's a combination of satisfying and fulfilling and challenging oneself while at the same time achieving something that is of genuine benefit and value to others. And we'll switch gears to Chris. Uh, I'm curious, is, I mean, you built Rosetta. I know Rosetta, and we'll talk about that in a second because it plays into the book. But what, what was your inspiration along the way? Well, I, I um, am, am, as John is, um, perhaps from a slightly different origin, this, this type that we call the, the builder personality, we call the driver. And I grew up in, as you may remember, an academic family in which ideas turned into books, turned into academic careers. And I was both inspired by that upbringing and somewhat frustrated by it because it amazed me that my academic parents and grandparents and great-grandparents spent all that effort and only 1,500 people or 2,000 people around the world had enough knowledge to actually read the books they were writing. And um, hopefully many more than that will be reading John and my book. In fact, more have bought uh, our book already. Uh, so so what I, I was inspired by converting ideas into commercial impact. And by commercial impact, I really mean um, enabling the commercial process uh, to work better. Um, I've always been fascinated by why people behave as they do, why they buy the products they buy, uh, and I've really built uh, my marketing career, entrepreneurial career, and ac- academic career, if I can call it that, uh, around that curiosity. And uh, I think one of the things that makes entrepreneurship so much fun is you can take an idea and turn it into a business and then turn it into uh, potential broad-based impact. And other than Built for Growth, what is your all-time favorite business book? Wow. There are a few. Um, I would say that that, uh, Built to Last uh, was certainly an inspiration for for some of the aspects of what John and I have built uh, together in in, in our book. Um, I would also say a book that came out almost 20 years ago uh, called uh, The Discipline of Market Leaders, Um, and it talked about the importance of selecting a focused strategy, be it customer intimacy or operational excellence. I think both those books are, are excellent guides to building actionable strategies. Yeah, it's a tie for me between uh, Crossing the Chasm, uh, which I think simplified a mysterious, uh, heretofore mysterious process of how you meaningfully segment markets as an entrepreneur or innovator. Uh, and, and the other one would be a book by Adrian Slywatsky called Value Migration, which talks about the cha- ever-changing dynamics of an industry and the importance of trying to anticipate where the structure and velocity uh, of an industry may be morphing right from under you. Which we're seeing a lot of today. Absolutely. We had Ram Sharan on a few months ago, and uh, we've got another show that he'll be on talking about the structural changes that are underway. And if anyone read uh, the papers yesterday, uh, the food retail business is shaking in their boots with the new announcement by Amazon and what they intend to do. So yeah. that's, uh, that's part of the structural change. Well, we're going to cut away for a second. We're going to be right back. This is Tom Laurie. I've been talking with Chris Keeney and John Danner about 
built for growth and your style of management, your style actually, that can help you in terms of building a business for success. My name is Nick Jordan. I'm the founder of Wells of Life. I'm here to tell you that there are 10 million people in Uganda without access to clean water. Imagine your water comes from a stream or pond shared with animals. Imagine that this water is loaded with parasites and disease. Each day, you have to walk three miles to fetch this because it's all the water there is. So what can you do about this? The great news is you can do a lot. Go to wellsoflife.net and make a personal donation. Talk to your family, church, or company about funding your own well. Every penny goes to fund your well and will bring water and life to as many as a thousand parishioners in rural Uganda for up to 20 years. In this jubilee year of mercy, why not make this your act of mercy in Jesus' name? Go to wellsoflife.net and make a personal donation. Wellsoflife.net. All Catholics are invited to join the Young Catholic Professionals, YCP for short, National Movement. One of the nation's fastest growing Catholic organizations with chapters in 15 cities nationwide and international interest, YCP was founded by peers to inspire young professionals to work and witness for Christ. YCP's programs are designed to help young people at every stage of the journey to grow as Catholics and as professionals. Our members use their experience to become ambassadors of the faith in the public square, forming tomorrow's leaders to step forward in their communities, parishes, and workplaces. There's an opportunity for Catholics of all ages to get involved. Visit our website, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, to learn more about how you can get involved in this exciting apostolate. That's youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org. Attention salespeople, are you struggling trying to make sales on a daily basis so you can earn more money and enjoy a better lifestyle? Are you sick and tired of prospects telling you they want to think about it and not being able to pay your bills? End all that now by going to www.minutestosales.com and sign up for my free webinar. Hello, I'm Jeff Moder and I regularly hear from salespeople and business owners who are struggling to get more sales because they don't know how to sell in a clear and convincing way. And that was me when I started out in sales more than 35 years ago. I knew I had a great product that made people's lives better, but for some reason, I just didn't know how to tell people about it in a clear and convincing way. I couldn't even close the door, so to speak. But all that changed when I cracked the code. Since then, I've helped hundreds of people to understand the process and be able to sell at will. If you'd like to start making more sales immediately, sign up for my free webinar at www.minutestosales.com where you can experience for yourself my simple, amazing process and see how it instantly improves your sales ability. Go to www.minutestosales.com today and sign up for my free webinar. Talk to you soon. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. This is Tom Laurie. We're talking with John Danner and Chris Keeney, who are the authors of Built for Growth. Uh, John and uh, Chris, it's interesting as you're, as I read the book and, and went through all the material, I was uh, with a company called American Hospital Supply Corporation, and at one part of my career, I was responsible for all of the operations outside the United States uh, for the domestic companies, which uh, were about 19. So I traveled to each of these divisions, and what I found is that each of the divisions was a kind of a finding. I mean, it was kind of a surprise. We're all part of the same corporation. But each of the divisions had their own unique personality. They were all different. And what I learned is that if you trace it back, it went back to this person who created the company. Most, many of the companies we acquired, uh, the base business was built by Foster McGaugh, and then we acquired other businesses. But I think this might get at this idea of style and builders John, you look like you're oh, ready to jump no, it's, in here. It's, it's, I'll tell you, it's it's so gratifying to hear your your experience in that regard because Chris and my shorthand for that is who you are shapes how you build. Uh, and there, as you know well, and as I'm sure many of your listeners know, 
um, the world is full of wonderful resources in the world of entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship, i.e. creating businesses from within established corporations. And most of those books are about what to do and how to do it. Um, we, we are familiar with all of that, of course, but we felt that the central mystery had not yet been decoded. And it's exactly the one, Tom, that you put your finger on, which is the who at the center of that process. Because the personality of the builder of the business is really the critical factor in shaping the culture, the way in which the team is organized, how customers are approached, and that person's motivation, decision-making style, management approach, and leadership uh, put a stamp, really, uh, across the entire organization, and one that lasts oftentimes beyond their own tenure. And. You've, so, so you've done this. Uh, you've, you've done all this research. I want to go. I want to go to the research for a second. Uh, I came to know Chris I, probably about 1999, 2000, and I, I don't know where Rosetta was in its uh, development at the time, but I had a very bright guy named John Galantic who I had hired from Smith Klein, Glaxo Smith Klein, and John had been a P and G. Uh, he was a consumer marketing guy in the healthcare field, which is unusual in the medical device field. So John brought with him a lot of talent. Uh, and he chose Rosetta to do some pretty interesting market research, which really opened up my eyes to something other than just the numbers and data that people look at. And Chris, could you just touch on that? Because I know that really gets at the guts of sure. what you guys did to get to this book. Sure, sure. Happy to. And uh, I still have very fond memories of the work we did for you and John. It was the early, early days of Rosetta, and um, we were able to build on that foundation to, to expand Rosetta to ultimately be about 1,200 employees and about $250 million in revenue. But you, you got to see Rosetta in the early days, and, and also, as you mentioned, the underlying research methodology is the exact same one that John and I adapted to understand what motivates uh, and what forms the personality of different uh, people who build businesses. And so the ingoing theory of the case was that there are a finite number of factors that make up who you are uh, that we could discern by interviewing uh, with a 100-question survey uh, what became over a 1,000 different uh, business builders. And what we found was that there are really only four factors that distinguish one builder type from another. And those factors, which John and I will uh, do is a little bit of a back and forth, but the first two factors are what is your motivation? What What is it that causes you uh, to want to build a business? Uh, and then the second factor is um, how do you make decisions? Are you fact-based or are you intuitive? And then, John, you want to cover the other two, and I'll circle back on how we put them all together? Yeah. So managers, obviously, vary significantly, and that's the third of these four factors. A basic question for yourself to ask there is, do you tend to uh, micromanage? Do people consider you somewhat of a control freak, or are you more comfortable with giving people more room to express their own initiative and go at a particular job in their own style? And then finally is the leadership dimension. Uh, are you somebody who, who leads by personal example? Do you see the company as fundamentally your company, or do you see it as our company? How do you, how do you manifest your role as a leader of the organization? So across all four of those, your motivation, your decision-making style, your management approach, and your leadership framework are really the four factors that allow you to differentiate each of these four members of our builder quartet. Chris? Yeah, so what we were able to do was model responses and understand what the patterns of combination across each of those four factors that John just illuminated. And so uh, what, what we found was that there are four distinct types, as we shared a few minutes ago. Um, and, and one of the, the uh, sort of most gratifying, and, and when we speak to audiences across the country, one of the things that people take away is a, a bit of relief that you don't actually have to be like Steve Jobs or Elon Musk. You don't have to have that hard-driving personality that's at times or perhaps even frequently abrasive. That there are other ways to be an enormously successful entrepreneur. 
uh, as we talk. You can be an explorer, you can be a crusader, you can be a captain. Um, uh, you don't have to be just like Steve Jobs, um, and, and many people find that quite um, quite invigorating. And it, and it was fascinating meeting entrepreneurs across the country in very, very different businesses, different genders, different ethnicities, uh, different business ideas, and each builds in his or her own way, or as John said a moment ago, who you are shapes how you build. And then one of the benefits of the algorithm and methodology that Chris pioneered at Rosetta is that we've been able to reduce what started off as a 100-question questionnaire to a 10-question ten, ten quiz that your listeners can take on our website, www.builtforgrowth. It will take about two minutes, uh, and you'll get a sense about which of these four types you are more like. So I have a copy of those questions, and I'll just read off a couple of them that just give people what the flavor is. Uh, I consider luck and timing slash market conditions to be one of the most important reasons for my success. And then you then you have a scale from one to, I forget what, the seven, I think it is? Seven. Yeah. Uh, strongly agree, strongly disagree. Uh, another question or comment or area to the research is our company culture strongly encourages experimentation. Again, with a scale from one to seven, agree to strongly disagree. So that gives you some idea of the kinds of questions that they're asking. Um, another one which I love is I don't consider tough business decisions to be personal. I just see them as part of business. That's a good one to struggle with from time to time. Uh, but they uh, also have that. So those are some ideas. Now, when you do this, the question is, hey, who's the audience? I mean, you, you talk about entrepreneurs, but I know that Great it's question. beyond yeah. entrepreneurs. Yeah. So, now, so this is a very, very important question. Yeah. Um, and, and so we, um, what, what allows just 10 questions on a seven-point scale, in fact, three of them are just yes-no questions, uh, to so precisely identify uh, or accurately pr uh, identify your builder type is that the pool of people we looked at were already successful entrepreneurs. They had built businesses that had lasted three years uh, or $3 million in, in revenue. And so this questionnaire works best, this, this very short quiz works best when you are already an entrepreneur. It's interesting to take it if you are not an entrepreneur yet to give you some sense of where the, the world may be headed for you. Um, but it is most accurate for people who are already running uh, their own business. But you also, I, I would imagine, uh, because you talk in the, the book about people in large corporations that may be entrepreneurs rather yeah. than entrepreneurs. And I've got to believe, as I read the book, that it doesn't just relate to uh, for-profit companies. I've got to believe it could re also relate to NGOs and uh, private other uh, nonprofits. No, you're quite right in the sense that uh, the, the, the working definition of entrepreneurship that we borrowed from Professor Howard Stevenson at, uh, at Harvard Business School is that entrepreneurship is the pursuit of opportunity beyond the resources you control. And that opens up uh, a fairly large cohort of individuals who are trying to do exactly that. So for our audience, uh, this is not just for people in the venture or corporate world, but it could be a small business owner, somebody that's building a business. It could be, and I know we have truck drivers out there listening to the show, and you're a contractor, and you're going to build your own business in a way you're running your own business. So this has, at least from my perspective, after I went through the book, uh, and we're going to come back to that in just a second. Uh, we have to cut for a break, but it has broad application. I wanted to make sure that people understand this has got a very broad base from uh, an audience standpoint. Uh, we've been talking with John Danner and Chris Keeney about Built for Growth, and we'll be back after the break. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration. And a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? 
At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. This is a church, a church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willethauser Architectural Glass. Willethauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen, with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience, brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. Willethauser.com. Ah, my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. This is Tom Laurie. We're back again with John Danner and Chris Keeney talking about Built for Growth. I want to remind you that if you've tuned in late, you can go to thementorsradio.com. Go up to shows and you can download this show. You can listen on iTunes. We have the podcast available. And uh, we are on Facebook, and also you can call us at 844-610-TALK. Switching gears back here to Built for Growth, one of the other things which I found extremely important in your book, so uh, you take this test, which is in the book, and also you can go online and take it, which, John, why don't you give that website? www.builtforgrowth.com. And then the book will provide a lot more background on how to use the uh, style that you have. But one of the things that I found fascinating, and I'm already passing it around in the new company that I'm a part of, Good. is building teams. Yeah. Because I have a style, and the question is, my style has its weaknesses. Uh, maybe you two could address that in your inimitable way and how you share the time. <laughs> well, the, 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 the start is, is that there's no such at least official word as solopreneurship, right? It's all about entre, or as I like to say sometimes, entre is the mantra. Uh, entrepreneurs build value or intrapreneurs build value in collaboration with other people. One of the most important dynamics that entrepreneurs continue to deal with throughout the course of their business from the startup all the way through to scale up uh, has to do with assembling and catalyzing a team that is capable of producing something greater than the proverbial sum of the parts and one's own style and personality as a builder has a lot to do with the kind of people that you might best work with who can compensate for some of your weaknesses help you leverage some of your strengths and do so in a way that that allows both of you to contribute to the kind of growth that is the fundamental agenda of most businesses, whether you're starting out in a small business or whether you're trying to grow a very from a very large base. Chris? Yeah, it, it's very interesting to see how the, um, the dynamics of your personality, the elements, the factors uh, intersect uh, with this question of team building. Um, and as John just alluded to, each of these builder personalities um, recruits teams differently. The composition of the team is different. Uh, and ultimately, um, there are some uh, tripwires uh, or accelerants um, uh, to each. And let, let me just illustrate that with, uh, with a couple of stories. Um, so, so the crusader, uh, this is the builder personality who... Uh, is very mission-centered. He or she discovers the mission well before actually forming the company. And one of our favorite crusaders is a fellow named Nate Morris, uh, who has built a phenomenally successful business uh, down in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, which some people affectionately refer to as the Uber of garbage collection. He sits between the people who own and, and drive the trucks to pick up garbage and recycle uh, 
bins uh, for large customers that include Walmart and others uh, and, and, and the customer. Uh, and, and Nate has done a wonderful job. We were just down in his offices a couple weeks ago recruiting people who share that mission who bleed Rubicon green, uh, their company color. But, but with that ability to recruit mission-centered people uh, opens up a fissure, uh, a weakness that Nate is the first to acknowledge, which is that hiring operationally talented and highly competent people is difficult because that level of expertise and his level of expectation with regard to the mission don't always show up in the same person. So, some people's strength in building a team and attracting a team, in this case around mission, open up a challenge with regard to uh, operational competency and uh, and how to attract that kind of talent. So the work that John and I did in interviewing uh, well over 100 entrepreneurs very, very deeply, and as we've said, surveying well over 1,000 of them, we find that the way you form your team is a function of who you are, and that... Uh, that that connection then opens up uh, challenges for you in some cases, and in other cases uh, becomes a core strength. And maybe John, you could provide another example of uh, of team intersected with with builder type. Yeah, and it also has to do with if you're working with or for a builder, understanding his or her type can help you figure out how you can best work and collaborate with that kind of person. Uh, so just to give you an example of, of another type, uh, look at the captain for the moment. Um, one, of the, one of the very successful entrepreneurs we talked with is a fellow named Angelo Pizzagallo, uh, Pizzagalli. Um, he's the founder of PC Construction, which is one of the largest privately held construction companies in the country. Uh, he and his brother had a, had a rule. Now, remember, these are captains, so they, they manage around the we. They, they very much like a collaborative culture as a way of, of structuring their businesses. They had a very simple rule to begin with, and that is they didn't want to hire anybody that they wouldn't want to have breakfast with. And that's a simple enough concept, right? You can, you can imagine the kind of people you would or would not like to have breakfast with. Um, and Angelo, as he was thinking back on the impact that that choice had on their business, uh, rude the fact that, that he and his brother had to say, you know, we hired a lot of people that we wanted to have breakfast with, but not all of them were up to the jobs that we actually needed them to perform. And it made it very difficult for us to basically prune them out of the organization. So there's an example of how a captain's preference for bonding, for, for uh, the collaboration, can get in the way of the competency uh, that, that he or she may need for the business itself. And then, of course, drivers uh, and explorers have, have similar but, but uh, kind of complementary weaknesses and, and strengths to the two that Chris and I just gave you examples of. Yeah, and you have a page, I'm looking at it right now, where you have a snapshot of the gifts and the gaps, gaps for each of the uh, four types. Uh, which uh, is very helpful, at least to get a, a, a grasp of what you're talking about. We're going to come back uh, in just a second. We're talking with John Danner and Chris Keeney. We're talking about Built for Growth, how the builder personality shapes your business, your team, and your ability to win. Attention salespeople. Are you struggling trying to make sales on a daily basis so you can earn more money and enjoy a better lifestyle? Are you sick and tired of prospects telling you they want to think about it and not being able to pay your bills? End all that now by going to www.minutestosales.com and sign up for my free webinar. Hello, I'm Jeff Motter, and I regularly hear from salespeople and business owners who are struggling to get more sales because they don't know how to sell in a clear and convincing way. And that was me when I started out in sales more than 35 years ago. I knew I had a great product that made people's lives better, but for some reason, I just didn't know how to tell people about it in a clear and convincing way. I couldn't even close the door, so to speak. But all that changed when I cracked the code. Since then, I've helped hundreds of people to understand the process and be able to sell at will. If you'd like to start making more sales immediately, sign up for my free webinar at www.minutestosales.com where you can experience for yourself my simple, amazing process and see how it instantly improves your sales ability. Go to www.minutestosales.com today and sign up for my free webinar. Talk to you soon. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. 
Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to catholictextbookproject.com to find out why. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. HopeInACan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. This is Tom Laurie. I'm with John Danner and Chris Keeney, both who are at Princeton University, amongst many other activities. Uh, they've just written a book called Built for Growth, where they talk about how who you are shapes how you build. I'd like to, uh, I, first of all, I want to make a note that, uh, I don't know if you're aware of it, Chris, but John Galantic is now the CEO of Chanel. Uh, global show. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. So good for him. So he did well with your market research. <laughs> <laughs> he smells good too, <laughs> and he smells good too. Uh, as you go forward, there's a. How do you? Because there's a lot of books out there, and you're one of many books. How do you position this? If you're out talking to somebody, sure. Why is this book more important than? Whatever. I mean, sure. I, I think of a ton of books. I won't name them, but sure. there's a ton of books out there. Well, it, it, in, in our case, it starts by being pretty clear about what the core mission and, and notion of this book was. And, and that's expressed in this phrase, who you are shapes how you build. Um, this is not a book about the hows or the whats. Uh, of successful entrepreneurship. It is all about the who at the center of that process. That was first. Um, The second is being very careful about uh, choosing a publisher partner. Um, Our book uh, is fortunate enough to be a lead title with Harvard Business Review Press, um, which is the right company, if you will, uh, for a title of this sort. Uh, And we've been delighted by the support uh, and and contribution that Harvard has made uh, to this book. Uh, And then it comes down to, I think, both the way in which we wrote the book. We wanted this to not be an academic book by any means. Its focus is on insight and practical advice to people involved in the entrepreneurial process. We want to improve their odds of success. It's a tough business, it's a lonely business, and we wanted this book to be a kind of companion that is personal and personalized at the same time. Uh, and fortunately, uh, we're, uh, we've now become a Wall Street Journal bestseller, so we've got a lot of people who are agreeing with that. Chris, what did I miss? No, I, th- I think you got it exactly right. It is, it is interesting how many of these books are sort of the mechanics of strategy. And uh, when you talk to investors, you talk to executives, everyone always says it's all about the people. And yet, to the best of our knowledge, nobody has studied the intersection of the what and the who, or the how and the who. And we find that intersection absolutely fascinating because it's at that nexus where everything either goes right or wrong, or in most cases goes right and wrong. 
Yeah, one one other one other differentiation. You know, there there are also some wonderful books out there that that uh, help people figure out whether they should consider becoming an entrepreneur. That's really not the question that we wanted to focus on. We wanted people to understand who are the people that have succeeded in the marathon of of entrepreneurship. We want people to be able to learn from and uh, and assess themselves versus the winners of that race. And in the book, you cover a number of things which we couldn't get to today, but a couple of them are uh, the fact that this is an approach that you can use, which I found fascinating because I am out raising money for the new venture I'm involved in for recruiting your financial sponsors. Absolutely. You have a whole discussion around what kind of people we should be looking for for the various uh, for the type of company and the style we are. Uh, you also talk about, in the book, recruiting the inside team. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably most important, Probably most importantly is that uh, you can use the book to uh, help uh, grow yourself. Maybe and, and find a co-founder. And find your co-founder, right. And what do you mean by expert or master? At the end of the day, you are who you are. And we hope that uh, part of this book helps, helps reinforce what actually Plato said many, many years ago, which is to know thyself. But Chris and I would amend that a little bit and say that the real challenge is applying yourself. So what, how do you become a stronger builder? Uh, you have two fundamental choices, we think. I'll take one and Chris can take the other. Uh, the first is maybe to to think of yourself as becoming an expert builder, somebody who is great at one thing. You want to hone that strength. And perhaps you elevate that strength while delegating around your weaknesses. Um, a good example of that uh, might be... Uh, might be Draymond Green uh, from the Golden State Warriors, uh, the, uh, one of the best defensive players. He's not an all-around player, but he's a defensive star. Chris? Yeah, our, our favorite athletic uh, example of the master builder, of course, is Roger Federer. In fact, there was a brilliant article in the New York Times just a, a few days ago about what a master of the sport Roger Federer is. And we choose him as the archetype because the master builder looks across all other types, identifies the greatest strengths, and then makes them his or her own. And so mastering uh, tennis, as Roger Federer did with 37 different backhands, mastering leadership, mastering product market fit, each one of the builder types has a core strength, and the master builder is able to identify that and then make it his or her own. We're going to have to cut it there. Thank you very much. This has been a lot of fun, John, Chris. Uh, If you tuned in late, you can catch this as well as other shows at TheMentorsRadio.com. A big shout out to Vivian up in Danville. Join us again next week at this time for the next edition of The Mentors. Until next week, on behalf of Rick Brutico, John Phillips, I am Tom Laurie, urging you to be all that you can be and to keep the candle lit for those who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.thementorsradio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.